0: It is the Patrick Johnson show on a uh, really fun day today. We're going to have pirate basketball coach Mike Schwartz join us coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, So we will be getting uh, a break in early. Uh, So uh, keep that in mind. If you're on the commute home and you're uh, timing the drive out, we're going to get this coach Schwartz uh, pretty early uh, here uh, so he can allot as much time for him as possible uh, today uh, thanks for being with us. It's always nice to have you on uh, with us here on the PJ show. Uh, final show for me this week. I'm going to take tomorrow off. Ben will be in, and uh, he'll be joined by the inimitable Scooter Rogers. Uh, we've got the uh, Little League Softball World Series coming to Greenville, and so uh, that will be coming up uh, with uh, Scooter previewing it for next week. And Scooter's, of course, headed out uh, to do the Little League. World Series uh, up in Williamsport, the public address for that. So uh, that is really, really uh, cool, uh, really good stuff. Hey, I uh, wanted to give you a little bit of an update, uh, and again, we're doing this with uh, Parker Bird, the ECU uh, baseball commit, who was uh, a, a soon-to-be freshman on Cliff Godwin's roster, all-state performer at uh, Scotland County High School, and a really fine family uh, and uh, really a heck of a player, and a nice kid from what I understand as well. Uh, of course, he had that accident in Beaufort County uh, on the water a while back and has been uh, convalescing and has gone through so many surgeries. Uh, it's so, so tough. Well, we've been chronicling what's been going on, uh, and, and I do this only because his mother, uh, Mitzi, is, is just been so courageous and hopeful and communicative with uh, her social media posts. Uh, but, you know, look, not everybody's locked into social media 24-7, and I've actually had uh, about a dozen, actually more than that, fans and listeners out there just say, hey, thank you for for updating us on this young man. Um, she posted this morning, and this is, you know, again, we're, we're bringing you the news. I, we're not, I think, violating any trust here, but... Um, I think it's good to to just everybody to know what, what this young man is fighting through right now. And, uh, you know, the power of prayer is, is something that he's going to need and his family's going to continue to need. But, uh, she writes today that she had hoped last night, things would be improving because his foot was starting to warm up and the doctor was pleased with the color change and what was happening. Uh, he'd had to have another surgery on his foot. He was moved back to ICU with his right foot. um, and she posted to Mitzi Bird today that they've just been hesitant to get overly excited because this was this was a pretty significant bump in the road, and it has been a roller coaster ride for, for them. Uh, apparently, Parker had some really unimaginable pain in his calf last night, and uh, the his father stayed with him. Uh, the doctor, one of the doctors, saw Parker this morning and said that his calf muscle is dying. And it's not getting the blood flow it needs. And despite all these efforts, it's just not happening. And at this point, uh, the doctor believes that they need to do an amputation, uh, likely below the knee. And, you know, they they are going to just see where everything is going, but they don't want to wait too long because Parker could get very sick. There's another doctor who's agreed on this. Uh, so the plan is to do a mid calf amputation and they can't exactly, you know, guarantee because they need to see what muscles are salvageable. So this is a, a really, uh, again, look, this is beyond sports at this point. This is a young man's life. This is a young man having a quality of life, uh, and and going on with, with so much bright future ahead of him, uh, that they want to do everything they can do to, to make that a great path for him and his future. And uh, right now, I know the family's trying to process this. Uh, They are hoping that there can be, you know, some miracles that uh, may occur. And look, his mother, uh, Parker's mother, even said, you know, it's a miracle that Parker is still with them. Uh, That's how bad the accident was. So uh, I would just ask if you'd consider the birds, if you haven't already, in your prayers. Uh, your thoughts. If you're not spiritual, we can have that discussion another time, but send some good vibes uh, their way. This is uh, certainly a life-altering and unfortunate setback, and we really uh, do want to just give the Bird family our very best. And If there's anything we can do, we're certainly happy to do it. I know there's some some local fundraisers going on for the family, uh, but uh, God bless them and uh, certainly a very tough time, and our our, our continued prayers and thoughts will be with Parker here, and uh, we wish him the very best. He, he is in good hands at ECU Health, uh, but uh, these injuries were quite significant, and and um, it was tough for me to read that today, and it's tough for me to communicate with that here with, to you this afternoon. Uh, we had the uh, opening of Pirate uh, football yesterday. Uh, we'll hear more, in case you missed it, from Coach Houston in our sports update coming up in a little bit. Uh, we'll turn to some uh, happier times, and that is Pirate Basketball. They've got a new head coach. He is uh, a gentleman who is, uh, uh, we've heard from at various points, Coach Mike Swartz. Looking forward to hearing from him. Uh, he's going to join us telephonically on the other side of this break. Uh, early commercial here, and we'll get to Coach Swartz on the Patrick Johnson Show. Pirate Basketball. Yeah, Pirate Basketball in uh, in August. They've wrapped up their summer uh, workouts We've got uh, Mike Swartz with us uh, here. The coach, the man who leads Pirate Hoops now, is uh, on the line with us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. This is uh, something we I, I've certainly wanted us to do for a long time. Uh, coach, we've seen you around, quite obviously. We, we've had some interviews with you, but a, a chance today to have a little bit of fun uh, before things get fired up. But how, how the heck are you? Man, I'm awesome, Patrick. I, I
1: really appreciate you having me uh, today. And, and it's good to speak with you. Like you said, I know we've connected a few times around town and we've, we've been able to run into each other, but, uh, doing great and excited. Uh, we just wrapped up summer today and, um, you know, honestly just excited for them to be back already. We finished up here just about 30, 40 minutes ago, and I can't wait till they're back,
0: uh, in a, in a couple of weeks. So, uh, what would you, and how would you describe this group, uh, right now? Young seems to be, uh, I think away and a lot of new faces, uh, but I think a lot of athleticism, perhaps one of the more athletic rosters potentially that the program's had ever. But what are your descriptions uh, of this group uh, when you're going to be asked about them?
1: Yeah, you, you know, I think you, you hit it on the head, obviously, the word young. I think any time that you have uh, the amount of freshmen that we have right now, I think young is going to be uh, obviously a pretty fair description of what it is. But, you know, what? I, I don't know if we're as young um, as it may seem on paper. And the only reason I say that is experience we're lacking. Um, When you talk about some of the transfers and you talk about the returning guys, they haven't played heavy minutes. And, And we're well aware, Patrick, that we'll be a team that at least in this conference and probably nationally in terms of returning minutes, returning statistics, points per game, et cetera, we won't be very high when it comes to that. But I think the one thing that people don't realize about this team is Quentin DeBungee, uh, international player, the transfer from Tennessee. He is fifth-year high school player, went to prep school, then played a year at Tennessee. So he's in his third year of college. Uh, Jaden Walker, the transfer from Iowa State, even though he has three years of eligibility, left, played two years at Iowa State. So he's in his third year of college. Benjamin Baella, the uh, transfer from South Plains College. He was at South Plains for three seasons uh, because he did in, you know, missed one season with an injury. He's got three years to play, mm-hmm. but he's been in college three years already. So when you look at that plus the returning guys, Patrick, we have a little bit more age and experience than our years of eligibility. Uh, would say, because obviously we look like a lot of freshmen and sophomores, but from a standpoint of actually game experience, yeah, we're young. We absolutely are.
0: Well, Mike, I got to think with this group, uh, and this is maybe the new normal in the sport, it's now blending, whether whether it's a fifth-year guy coming in, uh, a sixth-year COVID guy coming in, or guys that are in the situation that you just described, uh, the success of Pirate teams and any team in basketball is going to be coming up and developing that chemistry. No doubt about
1: it. And, and that's so true. And when you think about it, especially uh, with what you alluded to in terms of, okay, maybe the transfer portal is, is very prominent right now. And you got older guys coming in and, you know, maybe there's not as much of guys coming in right out of high school and coming in together and staying for multiple years together. But you and I have discussed this before, and uh, you know, I n- no qualms about saying this in-, in publicly is that we want to build a program here through bringing in high school guys. We do want to attempt to do it that way. That's our vision. Uh, and high school could mean international players. High school could mean obviously traditional high school players. If you get a transfer, getting a transfer with three years left or three years to play is optimal for us right now in terms of the way we want to build this foundation. Uh, so that chemistry piece I think is always important, but it is especially different in college athletics right now. When you talk about, as you said, bringing a guy in for one year, bringing someone in for two years, someone maybe that's been in another school for three years and now is going to come and put the, you know, the, the school colors on at their new school. And we, we don't quite want to go to that yet. And, and I'm not saying we won't make adjustments and mm-hmm. just like anything, in life, If we have to, and look at the portal. But we really want to bring guys in that want to be ECU Pirates, that are excited to be here, that want to graduate from here, that want to come here out of high school, or maybe after one year somewhere like the few transfers that we have, where where they're fired up to be in Greenville. They're fired up to play their whole career as ECU Pirates.
0: Mike Swartz is uh, joining us here this afternoon on the Patrick Johnson Show. It's great to have Coach with us uh, here. You've kind of laid it out, but, I mean, if if you're going to commit to being a – player in the pirate program for you and your staff. I mean, how would you describe the attributes that that young man needs to have?
1: Well, you know, I would say whenever we do, and it doesn't matter if it's a transfer or if it's a traditional high school player or if it's any staff member or coach, I think we're just going to look at four things and we decide, is this a really a good fit and, you know, almost a a five-star fit. Everybody wants five stars. Well, in our opinion, a five-star fit would be, the, the character of the person, the competitiveness uh, of that student athlete or coach or whomever, uh, the work ethic of that student athlete or coach, whoever's a part of this program, and the humility uh, of that person or coach. So when you talk about referring to just being a player or student athlete, it's those four things, character, competitiveness, work ethic, and humility. I think that that's where we start. Those are the pillars that we really believe for us to be successful and us to be able to get the most out and help these young men as much as possible, that that's the foundation we really look for. And, and from there, obviously, there's so much more on the court, off the court. But those are really the four areas that we concentrate on when we're evaluating players, high school, transfer, international, all over the world. That That's what we really strive to want to be a student athlete at ECU in terms of part of our program.
0: You talk about program building, and I think you've alluded to Various programs out there. San Diego State, I think, is one that that I've heard you talk about, and others have told me you've talked about. What about the Aztec program? Do you feel like is comparable to the situation here?
1: Well, you know, the biggest thing is me. Me being from California, I saw when San Diego State wasn't what it is right now, basketball wise, and in, in 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 our opinion, as a coaching staff, and I would say basketball. Uh, experts in general, San Diego State is a national program. They're a national brand. They've had national success and in, in all the credit in the world to their program and, and Coach Fisher and Coach Brian Dutcher there right now and their staff. I mean, they've just done an unbelievable job over the last 25 years to build it. Uh, but there was a point, and, and maybe it's been a little bit less than that, but there was a point where San Diego State, from a standpoint of basketball, was not well-supported there, whether it was facilities, whether it was fan support. And and that's a tough place to get great, passionate fan base. San Diego, there's professional teams there. There's a lot of things to do down there in in the southern part of California. But I saw that program go from a program that really, uh, from a basketball standpoint, was not well-respected and not very successful. And I'm not saying that at all about that's where our program is. I'm just saying, a program that's a big public school, mm-hmm. that's a, a great place to go to school, that's got a great athletic department, that's got successful coaches, successful student athletes in other sports, and it, it may be a program that wasn't at the same level or had the recent success that some of them had, maybe you can look at our situation and say, because we have a great fan base, we have awesome, passionate uh, support for ECU athletics, we have great coaches and student athletes and other sports that have experienced success, football, baseball here this spring, uh, soccer, Coach Higgins coming in with the soccer team. There's excitement with him. There's a lot of sports and excitement around uh, this university that if we can get the basketball program on the right track or a track that is trending towards success, I think we could have an extremely strong fan base and passionate fan base that would equate to hopefully becoming a national program. And I I think we can have a national brand here.
0: Coach Michael Swartz here on the Patrick Johnson Show on the flagship of the Pirates, 94-3 the game. It's great to have uh, Coach with us for some extended time this afternoon. Uh, Jake Morton, a great veteran uh, coach, is uh, in the fold. Riley Davis, who uh, has some ties to you through the state of Texas, Uh, Nick Madsen, and some others. I just want to give you a chance to brag about your staff a little bit and talk about this group that uh, has accompanied you to Greenville.
1: Well, you know, Patrick, I I said this from the day we got here that it feels so fortunate that our staff, Jake Morton, Riley Davis, uh, Nick Madsen, who's also a coach on our staff and Jesse Higdon, Uh, and and I know there's Josh Yardina, Matt Winsberg, you know, Keith Pugh is our strength coach. And, you know, I don't want to forget anybody, but just feel really fortunate that this group decided that they wanted to, uh, you know, get in the foxhole with us here at ECU and, and, build this program uh jake is is someone that i work with at miami As, as you said we were together at miami for four years and you know everywhere jake has been including at miami we made the ncaa tournament there jake went on he was at western kentucky he was in the ncaa tournament helped build the program there uh with ken mcdonald and ray harper and then he was with ray harper at jacksonville state they were in the ncaa tournament i saw it firsthand being with jake uh, you know, he was a great point guard at the University of Miami, where he played for Leonard Hamilton. He's just got incredible experience uh, a- a- as a basketball coach. He's an unbelievable people person. His relationships, in my opinion, are second to none, what he does with the players and, and well, whomever in, in recruiting and what's so important in, you know, in this field. And I think Jake is as loyal of a person as I've ever been around. I mean, he's extremely hard worker and I just feel very fortunate that he decided that this was a good fit for him to come here and, and help us. And Riley Davis is someone that I know. He's got a similar background that I have. He was with uh, Coach Bar. He's got well many more things he did in terms of Texas Junior College. He was in the NBA with, the Char- with Charlotte. But his initial background in college being with Texas as a young video coordinator, player development coach. As I got my start uh, in the late 90s and early 2000s, Riley did the same. And, and we met up at Tennessee. I heard a lot about him, actually, when I came to Tennessee from Tulsa. I had heard a lot about Riley, and, and we hit it off right away and connected uh, and I had a chance to coach with him for a couple of years before he went on to UT Arlington and coached with Chris Ogden there. So, again, Riley Davis, just one of the brightest minds, in my opinion, in the field. He's an unbelievable shooting coach. Uh, From a technical aspect, he's got a great offensive mind. He just really, a real uh, great relationships with the players. I told this story one time, Patrick, when Riley left Tennessee to take the position at UT Arlington, and he told the team, I've never seen a response like that from a team. I I mean, there were multiple players in tears Mm -hmm. when Riley said he was leaving us at Tennessee. And, And to me, that said a lot, and I'll always remember that. And then, uh, you know, last in terms of uh, full-time coach, at, at the moment, Nick Matson is in that spot. Uh, he's our player development uh, director. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are, do have one position left that we're just working through some things right. and seeing how this plays out over the next month or so. But uh, Nick is a full-time coach. Nick and I worked together at Fresno State. Nick Matson was there, built a the championship, a Mountain West championship program there, went to the NCAA tournament. Then with Rodney Terry, they went to uh, University of Texas, El Paso. They went to UTEP, built a great program there. And, uh, you know, their head coach decided that he was going to go back and he went back to the University of Texas as an associate head coach. And, and, and so, Nick, we're fortunate that we had the ability to, to bring Nick on here. But, you know, all the way down the list, Patrick I'm super excited about this staff and and I mean we're only going to be and I'm only going to be as good as the people around us and uh just feel real fortunate that they that they're here
0: what was the draw to you for to come to East Carolina because uh now obviously being a head coach I'm sure ha- had a lot of appeal but you're obviously in a tremendous position at Tennessee coach Barnes there's a great deal of stability there that is uh, a a second weekend Final Four, knocking on the door caliber program that has been built uh, in Knoxville now. And probably, I mean, let's, let's be honest, if Coach Barnes had decided, like Jay Wright or Mike Krzyzewski, hey, I've, I've done enough, I want to go enjoy some, play some golf, go fishing, What you might have been the guy to, to, to kind of take that over, not saying that was imminent. So you're in a great position is what I'm saying. But you decide to come to Greenville. What was the appeal? Well, I
1: mean, I think number one, you said it, in when you were commenting about that, is obviously the drive and the passion to become a head coach. I mean, I'm going into my 24th season of college basketball coaching, um, and, and there is there was a very a strong desire to do that to become a head coach. And I had a chance to be involved with some positions over the last few years, and you know. And because of what you said, being selective and looking for the right one and, and how much I appreciated being at Tennessee and knew how fortunate I was, uh, you know, for one reason or another, it didn't end up happening. But th- this position was totally different. So not only obviously did it fulfill that in terms of my drive to become a head coach, uh, when when I looked at the leadership here and uh, John Gilbert and Dr. Rogers and the leadership executive staff here, people that I know and have worked with at Tennessee, but also people that I have uh, read up on and, and heard a lot of great things about. That that was number one. That got me really excited. And I learned a lot of that from Coach Barnes. Coach Barnes always used to say, as important, if not the most important thing, when you have an opportunity to become a head coach. And he's been them at many, at many places, successful places. And he turned down and, and or maybe didn't take positions for certain reasons, and maybe this being one of them, he said, as important as anything is who you work for and who you work with. So for John Gilbert and Dr. Rogers and their staff and the chance to work with them, I mean, that was paramount. And then you look at the next thing and you look at this university, East Carolina University, and you look at the passion, the fan base, the people. And and honestly, Patrick, that was right up there as big as any reason To to want to come here and be super excited and know this is such a special opportunity. And I say that for this reason that in college athletics, to be at a place where there is a passionate fan base and a true care for the student athletes and, and the community truly supports the university, that's really, really unique. It is not nearly as common as people may think. I mean, we talk about San Diego State and I tell you, you know, when you're at a school like that and you're you're in a great city or, or you're in a metropolitan city, you don't always get that, even if the university has a great name and, and the university has had success. In terms of the fan base, and, and the best way that I say this is I really believe that the fan base at ECU come to see the Pirates play, come to see the Pirates be successful. It doesn't matter who the opponent is. They are coming to see the Pirates. We're at a lot of universities, even successful ones, they are coming to support the team when the opponent is right. Who is coming in? Who's playing? Who's on the field? Who's in the building? Who are we going up against? What's the magnitude of the game? And I feel like it is totally different here. And, and the fact to be able to have that kind of passion, that kind of potential home court, home field advantage, I think it's such an awesome thing. And it's something that I'm really excited about. So when you think about the leadership, the passion of the, passion of the fan base, And then you look at other things that are quite simply uh, the conference, great conference, the American conference. It's a multi-bid conference with national teams in it, national brands of basketball, and the location of this university, the location of ECU in terms of a basketball hotbed state. And you and I have talked about this in private before, wanting to attract and keep some of the best players home from the eastern part of this state And, and obviously North Carolina as a whole but whether it be up and down 95, Virginia, South Carolina, eastern part of North Carolina and North Carolina as a state, and we got a great draw, we got a great place where people can drive to and they can see their family and they can see their kids play and we got great talent and this is as good of a basketball state as there is in the country. So all those things combined, this is a pretty great place, it's a pretty place that I would be very excited Uh, to have the opportunity to be here. And and those were the draws, Patrick. All
0: right, we're going to pause here. Coach Swartz is going to stay on the line with us. We've got uh, more with the uh, head coach, uh, Pirate Basketball, Mike Swartz. Lots to talk about with the schedule and some other things coming up. Right now, a timeout. of Pirate Head Basketball Coach Mike Swartz on the show. Pirate Hoops going to get started on November 8th. Coach Swartz recently announced uh, at the uh, Chamber Power Luncheon last month that Mercer, have Mercer. Mercer will be the first opponent. Uh, for the Pirates uh, to open the uh, uh, Mike Swartz era and to uh, to debut, what I think is going to be uh, an athletic and fun roster to watch grow and develop uh, in uh, the inaugural season with uh, Coach Swartz. So Mercer is uh, coming up. You know, everybody wants to know the schedule, and I know you've been aggressive. You handle the scheduling, don't you? That's a personal touch for you, I, I hear. Coach, is that the t- is that the truth? Well, I, you know, here's what I'd say. I definitely am very involved. Nick Mattson did an
1: incredible job. i mean, so thankful okay. for Nick and appreciate his hard work. And t- scheduling is a real grind, Patrick, in terms oh, of trying to put it together, yeah. uh, let alone year to year. And what we want to try and do is establish contests in the future, one year out, two years out, three years out. And you know what? We were able to do that. We, we're going to have two games that are going to be announced here real soon where we have games on the docket. Next year, 2023 and 2024, we will have game dates and, and, and a couple series starting that will be into you know 2024 non-conference. So uh, Nick did such a great job, but yes, I, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I'm very involved with it um, because I had a chance to do it at, at other places and especially over the last few years at Tennessee and truly believe scheduling is a very important component. Uh, of the position of of any basketball program and trying to find the right balance and find the right schedule and and, and for the fan base as much as anything and exciting home games and challenging road games uh, to prepare us for conference play, one of the toughest conferences in the country. So I think there's a lot that goes into it. And, uh, so yeah, we're excited about it. I, you know, I could, I could run out of my office here and go check the, uh, batch machine. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. It, we're waiting on one contract to okay. come in, Patrick. And when it does, the release is sitting, as they say in your field, it, it's going to be hot off the press. It's waiting to hit send on the release of the entire schedule. We're just waiting on one contract to come back. And when that does, uh, the entire non conference schedule, uh, will be released so we're yep. close but mercer yeah absolutely mercer november 8th and we're fired up about it we can't wait
0: yeah i think they're going to look a little different uh they had some of their uh, uh top returning guys uh hit the portal and, and all that's going to be sorted out in the next few months if it hasn't already and and we'll t- start really studying basketball but these rosters sometimes coaches may not know till right now <laughs> in some cases Uh, who's going to be on the roster. Uh, It's a a new normal. Uh, There's a million things to talk about. I appreciate you joining us here. I want to maximize uh, as much time as we can, and we'll have you back because I just think a lot of things that you uh, uh, talk about as far as the state of college basketball as it is now, you have some tremendous insights on that. But, Coach, let me ask you, uh, we we talked about your staff. You all are together, it seems, constantly. Uh, You know, you guys even uh, were kind of huddled up – uh, at, at the uh, Lake Christie area, together, I think for a little bit uh, so uh everybody knows everybody pretty well in this uh this group it seems like and so that's that 's a pretty cool thing,
1: yeah, yeah, no, it is it really is i mean uh and again it goes back to just being so excited that they came here and you know, earlier on we were speaking about team chemistry and, and, I don't know how we could expect to build and have great team chemistry if we don't have great staff chemistry. So yeah. uh, staff chemistry is really important to me. Again, so much of what I've learned. I mean, I've, I've had a chance to work with some great coaches and Frank Hayes and Rodney Terry, and Tim Carter, and Wayne Morgan, even back at Long Beach State. And I've had a chance to see some uh, really strong staffs and, So it's always been important to me. Uh, So, you know, when I think about Coach Barnes and some of the things that I've always seen how he's done, whether it be at Texas or Tennessee, where I've had a chance to be with him on both, one as a player and coach and one as just a coach, always knew that 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 trust factor and staff chemistry was so important. And so we tried to to replicate it and duplicate it here. And I think we got the right people to do so. Uh, It's been awesome this summer. But again, you, you, you said it. Team chemistry, how we bring this group together, eight new guys, returning guys, young guys, older guys, international guys, you know, that's an everyday process. And I think the staff that has good chemistry, that can communicate, spend time together, we're all delivering the same message, which is as important as anything, Patrick, that I think that that goes a long way. And, uh, you know, it's not going to happen overnight by any means, but, but it's happening every day. And I think when you got a staff, you trust with great chemistry. You feel confident that it is happening every day.
0: A few things with the players, uh, coach. If we can, uh, everybody wants to know about Winston. And one thing with the players, you all, I guess, had a paintball uh, team building <laughs> deal recently. So, how, how, did you participate? Were you doing paintball with the guys? What's what, or is the head coach watch it?
1: Patrick, I was participating, <laughs> and I got a couple, and I got a couple bruises to prove it.
0: <laughs> I got a couple welts to prove it. <laughs> Well, there you go. Uh, Well, you know, look, that sounded like a heck of a time. Uh, Everybody wants to know, Coach, about Winston Tabbs. What can you tell us about about him? Because you're talking about a guy who has been productive uh, in one of the top conferences in the country.
1: Yeah, and Winston's doing really well, Patrick. He really is. He's had a, a good summer of rehab, getting stronger. He is running on the court. Uh, there's still quite a ways for him to go to be able to be clear to play. He has not been clear to play in terms of competitive or full go cutting east and west and things like that. But he is moving, and he's conditioning, and he's running, and he's shooting, and he's jumping. And, you know, Nate, our trainer, has just done an incredible job. They work daily. I mean, the regimen he has him working on and the, the amount of time he spends with him, whether it's in the pool, G treadmill – and and he's put such a great plan for him. He's been very specific looking at, looking ahead and giving, you know, milestones and dates and what we got to be at. And so anyway, he's doing really well, Uh shooting the ball really well. It's just going to take time. And there's a physical and a mental piece to this in terms of his rehab and when he can be back on the court uh, being the player that he wants to be. And more importantly, we want him to be healthy, physically, mentally, so he can get back to doing what he loves. And when that ends up being uh, an impact for our team, we'll see. You know, but we do expect him to be back on the court sooner than later. But he's doing really well. He's just, you know, in that uh, latter stages of his rehab right now.
0: Coach, uh, I know you're really high on the uh, freshman from Los Angeles, uh, Caleb LeCount. Uh, He is someone that uh, maybe was a little under the radar. But uh, he's played in some pretty big-time environments uh, in AAU, but uh, also out in Los Angeles in high school.
1: Yeah, and, and he had a really good summer. Uh, he finished up today, and we were just talking to him a little while ago, and he did a lot of good things this summer, especially the, the second half, the last four weeks. And he can do that, Patrick. He's got a natural ability to score. And regardless of if he's 5'8 or not, I mean, he's that. he's been that size for a long time. And he, and he, so he's got a feel and a way of scoring the ball. I mean, anytime you can have those kind of statistics playing against pretty good competition out there, like you said, whether it's AAU or high school, uh, he led his team to a championship game, you know, in, in the open division out there, which is the highest division that they have. He scored 50-plus multiple times. So he's done that, and he's had success. But that being said, he knows and he realized quickly, and this is more impressive, that it's not just going to translate to this level. You're not going to be able to score the same way. You're going to have to make adjustments because of the physicality and the length that's in the, in the paint, at the, ba- at the basket, at the rim. And he made those adjustments. And, you know, where he has really gone to a different level in the last four weeks of summer is his voice because he is a point guard, make no mistake about it. Everyone talks about positionless basketball these days and playing multiple positions. No, Caleb's not playing any position, but the <laughs> point guard, he, he's 5'7", he's 5'8". he's a yeah. point guard. So yeah. he has to have those intangibles and those leadership skills and that, that, that personality that it takes to be a good point guard. And you know what? He really started to evolve in that way uh, here recently. So we're, we're proud of Caleb and excited for what he's done and, Uh, We need him to be a defensive menace out there, guarding the ball 94 feet. And, uh, you know, he did some of that this summer. So, but yeah, you know, basically long story. Yeah, excited about Caleb and and what his future could be if he stays on the right track, working and and, and continuing to buy into what we're trying to do.
0: I know you and the staff are excited about uh, another freshman out of Atlanta who played at Liberty Heights uh, in the Charlotte area, Ezra Ozor.
1: Yeah, Ezra is a really athletic uh, forward. And, you know, he, you look at him, you look at his body, it's college ready as an incoming freshman, and you would assume he's just going to play down on the low blocks. And we need him to do that. And, and we're building that. But that's not really his game at the moment. Uh, he's somebody that plays more away from the basket because he's actually got a very unique skill set to handle the basketball. So we got to find a way to use that skill set, but also take advantage of his 6'8", 245 pound frame that's very athletic. He's got a great strong lower body that can move guys around offensively, defensively. He can rebound above the rim and he can really finish. Uh, But he's also learning to play a different way. I think like most high school guys, no different than Caleb, uh, sometimes you can get away with playing a way that may not be as successful versus strong length, team defensive oriented teams. And so now he's, Trying to learn what he used to be able to do with four or five dribbles, Ezra has to find a way to do it with one or two dribbles. He has to understand where he catches the ball is a lot more important now than it used to be. So he's on that learning curve, but he's had his moments this summer where he's really got us excited. And he's had his moments where we say, you know, you need to be a lot better, whether it's conditioning, Mm -hmm. effort, physicality. And that's like all freshmen. I mean, Caleb's no different. uh, But yeah, very excited about the potential that Ezra has, especially as he learns a whole new way of playing both offense and defense. I mean, everything we're doing, Patrick, is new. Yeah. Anything we give them on either side of the ball is an introduction as opposed to a review right now.
0: I want to just bring up one more player and a couple other things. Uh, Valentino Pinedo uh, is uh, right now playing for his national team, the Spaniard. Uh, and uh, th- th- they're I think... Maybe off air or on air, you mentioned it earlier, but uh, playing Italy today—I mean, boy, that's that's pretty amazing—and uh, and that might be a, a precursor of the type of caliber of player, particularly a, a European player, that you hope to bring into the program.
1: Yeah, you know, really excited for Valentino. He's playing there in the under eighteen championships. Wow. Um, I think he, he, if they won today, he told me, you know, he, he sent me a message. He said, "Coach, if we win today, we qualify for the U nineteen uh, World Cup championship next year, next summer. So international basketball works a little different. They're always competing to qualify for the next championship event or next summer's uh, tournament. So it's pretty neat the way they do it. And so, anyways, he's been playing with his national team for quite a while in Spain. And right now, he, you know, he's over there. I believe they're in Turkey. I believe it is. Mm-hmm. They're over there playing in Turkey. Mm-hmm. And they played Italy today. About – four or five in the morning every morning our staff will get a text from him with a link to the game because they 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 stream it live and so he'll send everybody what time they play and a link to the game and um you know Patrick what he brings is is a great deal of maturity Mm -hmm. he understands he's been playing the game at an international level at a very high level with great coaches for quite a while now he's been a part of it probably ever since he's been 15 and he's a very physical player and we need that. Uh, that's one thing, you know, what his impact is offensively right from day one or defensively from day one. I mean, we haven't had a chance to be on the court with him yet, sure. but what I do know from watching film on him, watching him here, play with his team in Spain and talking to him and his coaches, he understands how to play and he's not afraid of physicality. And, and we need that. And at six, eight a guy that will play on the front court for us. Um, can't wait till he gets here and he'll be here about uh in a couple of weeks
0: actually that's great coach uh your your wife is uh here both your daughters now one of your daughters and i had a chance to meet her earlier in the summer uh has kind of been um your running mate uh so which one of remind me which one of your daughters that was um
1: uh, that's sam that's okay. sam that's my my young, my younger daughter yeah. sam sam was sam's one, one of the, the
0: coolest company. kids i've met in a long time she she was she was fab- fabulous i mean just Really excited, you can tell, to be around uh, Pirate Nation. So how did that – because she was with you during this whole time, right?
1: Did she. You know what? Just about – she is my road warrior. She was <laughs> with me. Uh, Sam, when I went back, it was Mother's Day. I went back. I drove back to Knoxville to see uh, Stephanie, my wife, on Mother's Day. I was here, and then that uh, Friday or Saturday, I think it was, I drove back to see them. And when I got there – Sam told me, actually, it was, it was Friday because Sam told me, Hey, Dad, I'm coming back with you when you go back Monday. And I said, What, what do you mean you're coming back with me? You have school for two more weeks. Mm-hmm. And she said, No, I, I cleared it with all my teachers. Uh, they said, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I said, uh, I said, uh, You know, I said, Sam, you sound like some of our players. They said, They're good. They don't have to go. <laughs> she said, No, I'm good. And so I said to Stephanie, I said, Steph, can you uh, check on this? So she did. And they said, Yeah, she was good. And other than one assignment, uh, they said, yeah, she can go and she can finish up her history assignment when she's there in Greenland. So Sam came back with me uh, on Mother's Day, after Mother's wow. Day, and came back. And that month, we actually had uh, about seven or eight of the Armadas around. The state of North Carolina, where we're going around. It was awesome meeting uh, different pirate club members and ECU alumni and, and and people all over the state. And she went with me to almost every one of them. And she drove with me. And she was there. And she was there with the administration, with Coach Mike Houston. And it, it was just awesome. And she was there meeting people. And um, yeah, it, it's been great. I'm so happy to have Sydney, my other daughter, yeah. and, and Stephanie, my wife, here. But it was a special experience having her there with me. Um for the month of May and I just couldn't be happier to have all of them here right
0: now. That's really cool. Uh l- let me ask you this, and and again, uh we'll we'll have you on again. I hope you'll you'll come back after this. Hope we haven't scared you off. But uh you, you you've been great and you've been gracious with your time and, and uh there's a million things I could ask you. Um uh, but I I want to finish with this here. So Beverly Hills High School, I mean you had to have gone to high school with somebody famous, right?
1: Well, I think, uh, what was it? Uh, Brandon was the point guard. Luke was the shooting guard and I was the small, small, small (laughs) forward. Luke Perry and and Brandon. I I don't know all the names, Patrick. You might know better than me, but, uh, uh, you know what? I'd have to think about it. You know, Beverly Hills high school is a big public school and, uh, you know, it's a traditional school that I think my, my graduating class, it's five or 600 people. There's almost 2,500 to 3,000 students. I believe maybe a little, you know, right in that ballpark to the whole school. So I I do think there's been some really cool alumni that have come through there. Um, You know, I'm trying to think of people that were in my class. I, I don't, can't think of anybody that was in my class. Well, that you. Would, uh get anybody? It's, it's
0: you. You're the big name now. Yeah, you know. Hey, there you go. There you go. That that
1: that will make that. But no, it, it was a cool experience, man. And I, and I loved I loved about it. And, in Los Angeles, going to school there, and uh, the friends that I've made, and I still have a lot of friends that I went to school with there that are still home in Los Angeles and still doing different things there. But um, yeah, it was cool. But yeah, yeah, Brandon and Luke, those were the top two. Uh, <laughs> those were our top two players on our team. <laughs>
0: and they always look their hair was never mussed when they played that was you know they still they still hit all the game-winning shots uh coach great to talk to you thank you so much for the time we really appreciate it enjoy the rest of the summer and uh we'll look forward to talking to you as we get things uh closer and closer to basketball
1: yeah anytime patrick really enjoyed it man i'd love to uh able to be with uh, be with you guys anytime and again I really appreciate you guys
0: no coach thank you really great to have you on Mike Swartz Schwartz joining us here okay we're gonna wrap things up on the PJ show uh, tell you about tomorrow and uh, I guess we're gonna have early next week uh, after this <music> Governor wimpy could find himself in a courtroom. Remember the Ace Speedway in Alamance County and Wimpy and Deputy Sheriff Mandy Cohen shutting it down because they were having races there back in June of 2020 during the pandemic. I mean, they were outdoors. Remember that? You're looking at a big sports fan right here. Well, apparently, unless it's, you know, racing at the Ace Speedway. A judge has ruled that... The A Speedway in Alamance County can sue the state and school, uh, sue Wimpy over the COVID restrictions. <laughs> Remember he had that executive order? We'll keep an eye on that. I love sports. Yeah, you do. Uh, hey, uh, I'm going to be off tomorrow. Ben will be in. Scooter Rogers talking about the softball Little League World Series, and then he, of course, is headed to do PA at the Little League World Series in Williamsport. Monday, I'll be back. Doug Martin, one-time ECU offensive coordinator and coach at New Mexico State, he's going to join us. Looking forward to having him on. Thanks to Mike Schwartz for being on with us today. And uh, I'll see you Monday. Ben tomorrow right here on the PJ Show. Have a great rest of your evening.